Welcome to the Wild Expansion Podcast. This podcast is full of meaningful conversations with inspiring thought leaders and solo episodes. Topics discussed include health, career, wellness and overall personal development. Wild Expansion believes that we're only using a limited amount of our brain and we are capable of using so much more of our brain in order to live a more fulfilled, abundant life. Enjoy the show. Today I am speaking with Deborah, the voice and woman behind Mama Medicine. Mama Medicine is a healing space in New York, but it also has retreats all over the world. Deborah is a very unique individual. She has the ability to see people's aura and does a lot of deep transformation work with people in empowering them to become their own healer. In this conversation, Deborah and I discuss what it's like to become a wellness entrepreneur and stay in your own lane. Deborah also talks about strategies that we can use to help empower ourselves to feel more confident and embody the true version of ourselves and become more creative. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. It was so much fun recording it with Deborah and let me know your thoughts. So welcome to the Wild Expansion podcast, Deborah. So you are Mama Medicine. And for anyone who doesn't know what Mama Medicine is or what it stands for, would you mind giving a little introduction? So I teach people how to be their own healers through um, a one-on-one group or retreat experience, which I call medicine readings. And in a medicine reading, you come and we talk about anything you're looking to call in and clear out of your life. And it can really be anything. And then I read your aura. I tell you about what I see coming up. That could be hidden talents and gifts or things that could be blocking you. I have you lay down. We do a whole ceremony and it's all about empowerment and it's all about uncovering the tools that you already have within yourself to, to heal yourself. And you leave um, feeling very like peaceful and confident and empowered. And I give you a little bit of homework and I also prescribe a ritual bath for you to take because the bath is just a really easy way. It's a really like point, really easy point of entry for you to be your own healer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So starting with baths, right? Like it's something that's really like slow and it forces us to slow down. Do you yeah. think that's like an important thing that we should all make time for these days, you know, slowing down and not getting caught up in the rat race? Do you think that's important for your own growth? Yeah, I definitely think that, especially for like creative development, we need to take time to step back, relax, unwind, and do things that really nourish our creative spirit that has nothing to do with work, that has nothing to do with, you know, strategic problem solving or anything like that. Just that just is fun for us. And do you think we all have within us like the ability to be 
more creative, even if people think they aren't the creative type? Yeah, definitely. I think our spirits are, are naturally creative. And so I think like, even if you're not doing capital A art, just even getting outside and noticing your surroundings and like what it smells like, what it feels like, the feeling of the wind on your skin. These are all creative experiences. And how important is making time for creativity in your life to you, Deborah? And I think for me personally, I, I try to not just, I have a lot of creative outlet, I think, in my work, but I try to make sure that I get a lot of like creative playtime with my daughter, even if that's just like singing and dancing in the kitchen, or it's like drawing, or we do these little things called intuition walks, where we put on our shoes, we grab the dog, we go outside, and whatever turns we take, it's all based on where our intuition is leading us. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And so like being a creative entrepreneur, like, so the creativity is like a stream that runs throughout your life, right? But how mm-hmm. do you make the discipline to switch off between work and life outside work? Well, you know, that was a really hard thing for me to learn because I really have a tendency to overwork a lot. Like when I had my first brick and mortar business, I spent five years working six days a week, 12 hour days, and just like nonstop. You know, like I remember thinking back, like there were some times where three weeks would have gone by and I wouldn't have taken not one day off of work. And so I, from that place, have been like scaling back more and more and realizing that you know, the whole world isn't going to fall apart if I don't work for a few hours or if like I don't get everything done that I want to do in one day done, it's okay. I just have to like keep like, you know, keep going. It's okay. It's It will get done. You'll be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm in a place where... I do have a six-year-old daughter, and so I try to work just when she's at school. And so that gives me, like, really strong boundaries around work, you know. But it really took having her to be able to do that. So I'm just curious, right? Was Mama Madison created whenever you had your child? or was Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's when the, the name Mama Medicine came through and all of that, Yeah. <laughs> and did you notice like much, you know, inner transformation happened to yourself during your pregnancy or after childbirth? Yeah, I felt confident, like really, really confident. Like pregnancy for me was um, a little bit challenging. I just felt like nauseous the whole time, but actually giving birth and the, I had this feeling like, I can do anything. Like, I can't believe my body just gave birth to another human being. Like this really, this feeling of power, you know? And it was like, from that place, I was able to kind of downscale a lot of what 
I was doing and a lot of like the different offerings and things that I had. And then not only did um, the name Mama Medicine come through, but the name for my offering medicine readings also came through at that time. And do you think that you like simplified your business at that stage? Yeah, definitely. Do you think that's, that's like important to, to have simple services? I think it's important to be very clear mm-hmm. about what you're offering. And I think like not just clear in how you explain what you're offering, mm-hmm. but clear to yourself about why it is that you're offering a specific service. Because I think sometimes really in any service industry, we can try to add a lot on. Like you can't be just an acupuncturist, for example. You have to be an acupuncturist who like also works with aromatherapy, who also works with herbs and all of that. And I just think it's really important to be super clear with yourself that whatever it is that you're offering is coming from a place of self-worth and not necessarily like feeling less than or not enough. I think you're like super unique in that, like, you know, the way in Instagram, a lot of people are the same, but you're like your own unique person in your own lane. How do you block out that outside noise and stay mm-hmm. in your own lane? I, I post a lot on Instagram, but like, I'm not on Instagram that much. And I'm not really worried, like, at this point about like likes and follows and things like that, I'm more just like, okay, this is really clear that this is what needs to go out today. And, you know, something else might not need to go out. So just being really, really clear with myself about like what is meant to go out and, and not, and like how much does Instagram really matter? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even like with Instagram, would you post based on your intuition in the moment or would you have a plan, like a more structured process? No, I just post like in the moment. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a direct download and you're just sharing it. Yeah, exactly. And um, speaking of like Instagram and social media, do you feel nervous at all for your daughter growing up now where social media is such a big thing? And if so, what are your plans to try and like control her exposure to it? Yeah, it's super scary. Um, not even only social media, but just like media in general, what she's being exposed to. Mm. So I think for me, it's trying to teach her the importance of off-screen time at a very early age. And like when I was growing up, we had Barbies and Barbies made everyone want to change their bodies. And it was like this big, like, but she has like so much more out there than just Barbies that would make her feel like insecure or not enough or lack of self-worth and all of that. And so for me, it's like, well, how can I, how can I show her how to value who she is as a person, value her own time and, and give her a sense of freedom by like really encouraging off screen time. And so, cause I'm her mother, I have to give her boundaries around this at a young age. So for example, like she's not allowed to watch TV during the week 
she can watch a little bit on the weekends, but only after we've been outside or she's drawn something or, you know, things like that. So you said there how it's so important for an individual like your daughter to value herself. Yeah. Someone who's like at any age, what tips do you have for someone to value themselves more? I think it's really important to look at like all those moments in life where you would have deep shame or regret or guilt about something and like look back at that time and understand where you were coming from why why you were doing what you were doing and accept also accept that if this is something that has happened and this is something that you did this is something that your your ego made you do or whatever it is right and then like forgive yourself and then choose to love yourself you know mm-hmm. it's like you got to take like the times in life that like stay the most tucked away that are like the most shameful and the most painful and all of that and say okay this happened but i'm choosing to love myself anyways because i think that it's very easy for us to like self criticize and judge ourselves for the most for the most part and it, it despite like what exposure or lack of exposure you had to media for the most part we all kind of can work on confidence and so i do think it's like if we carry around this energy of self criticism and judgment of ourselves we're going to attract people being critical and judgmental of us and it is sort of these these places in us where there's shame or regret or wounding any of that going into it and saying you know what i'm going to choose to love myself anyways and so then you carry around the energy of being self-contained and self-regulating and confident and then maybe can attract people who have love and respect for you mm-hmm. And I'm sure that like whenever you do have self-respect, it influences every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's really important, yeah. So like exercises for people to like do the work within themselves would be like journaling and meditation. I think that can be really helpful. And I also think just, you know, giving yourself time. With it. Like if you, you have something inside of yourself that you need to forgive, think about, okay, this was the action that I had, that I did, that I'm not proud of. So like, what is the counterbalance to that? Like what, you know, what is something, yeah, what is an action that I can now do? That will will, like offset that action. Okay. Mm -hmm. Deborah, what are some of your daily non-negotiables? Waking up really early in the morning and getting alone time, like an hour to two hours of alone time is is a non-negotiable for me, for sure. And then I think like, and like when work is done, letting it be done. So 
3.30, my daughter gets out of school. That's it. Work is done. It's wrapped up. That is so nice. <laughs> so important, you know. And would you aim to get eight hours sleep every night or is it not that much? Better? Yeah, I, I try to do eight hours or even more if I'm feeling really tired or like processing something. Um, but I tend to be kind of a light sleeper. So I, I, I have noticed that like going to bed earlier and waking up earlier helps me to sleep well. And would you like do any dream work? No, like would you write out your dreams or think about them at all? You know, I do often write down my dreams because I feel like there's powerful symbolism and messages in it. And it's like that time where the ego is so quiet that the spirit gets to speak more. Yeah, I think it's powerful too. It's like letting you know what is deep, deep within that maybe you don't realize yeah definitely yeah so Deborah, what challenges did you have whenever you first created mama medicine and how did you overcome them and like do you have any advice for any aspiring wellness entrepreneurs who do want to create their own like niche niche um I think that a big thing was distilling the messaging around what it was that I was offering because it's kind of so obscure. Mm -hmm. Like when you ask me what I do, it's like, okay, it's very clear. It's like, I, I facilitate an experience where people get to understand that they are their own healers that they always have been, you know, but getting to that languaging was a little bit tricky. So there's that. And then I think also like, you know, my, my practice, I would say is in kind of an amazing place right now. Like I have, sometimes I have a two, three month, um, like out outpouring of appointments. So I would say like, that's a pretty good place to aspire to, but getting to that place took many, many years of hard work you know like I I've been this is the only career that I've ever had I've been doing it now for 17 years or like really like almost 20 years but wow 15 years like super professionally and I just poured everything into it I just really believed that it could be done and that there wasn't really another way so I would also say, like, persevere, don't give up, like, be patient with yourself and just make sure that you're, you're doing something that you can really get behind and that you really believe in. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if nobody else believes in it, but as long as you do. Yeah, exactly. That's actually like a common thread with a lot of the wellness entrepreneurs I've on the show. They've all hung about the career for the first few years without seeing much growth and then it just suddenly really took off yeah and would you say most of your practice is based like online or in real life so 
I do offer digital medicine readings and also digital medicine reading ceremonies, mm-hmm. but I love having the in-person experience. And so that's why like this summer we were talking a little bit about it. That's why like, I like to go on tour and, you know, get over to Europe and go around and visit and all of that good stuff, because I love the one-on-one experience. I mean, a lot can be done digitally, but I just love the one-on-one experience in person so much. And you mentioned you offer retreats like around the world, Deborah. Yeah, I have a retreat coming up in Italy in July 2020. And would you mind just giving a wee breakdown of what's involved in it and who's like a good person to go to it? Um, I would say actually like anyone who is in like an an aspirational place of wellness and healing and all of that maybe they want to create their own practice or maybe they want to do like a deep dive into the healing world um it's it's just women right now because i i do feel like kind of has to start with us in in some way Mm -hmm. um but basically you come and the first day and a half is all silence. And then I take you through how to use all the different elements, earth, wind, water, fire, to uh, be your own healer. And so I teach you like a ritual on how to use the earth, a ritual on how to use wind, a ritual on how to use fire, a ritual on how to use water. And like, each day is dedicated to a different element. I'm going to guess, Deborah, your Ayurveda main constituent is earth. Um, I think I might be pretty pitta, like five. Really? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think, so. I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I... The last time I got checked was a few years ago, but it was a mixture between air and fire. Okay. So I haven't traveled that much this year just to stay grounded. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So would you say like your practice incorporates a little bit of like Ayurveda and Eastern medicine as well as like what you've learned modalities along the way? I, I understand Ayurveda, but... No, it's more, it's more like uh, all of the ancient traditions, right? Like uh, from all over the world have used the elements mm-hmm. to heal, you know? Yeah. And I am lucky enough to have been able to spend a lot of time in Thailand, like for five years studying sound healing and energy healing and all of that. But my deep understanding of the elements really came through during an eight-year apprenticeship that I did in the Peruvian Amazon, going back and forth from the Amazon to New York, not in the Amazon the whole time. But uh, that's when I really understood, oh, okay, this is how you use what, like, so I understand Ayurveda a lot because I spent a lot of time studying yoga and lo- like read all about Ayurveda as much as I could, but it isn't like a, a basis of my practice. I never actually knew that it was used in other 
parts of the world apart from like you know the Indian Ayurveda I didn't know it was used in Peru and like everywhere all the elements are always there you know like a lot of the medicine songs that I learned in the Amazon it's like like there's one that's like come on wind come on come come blow come like come clean you know or like the water like water is like letting letting yourself trust the water trust the flow of life and Deborah because like you're very intuitive and you can see like people's aura are you very um susceptible to different energies in different areas like Thailand and Peru yeah definitely there's some places I go where I'm like whoa this is gonna be intense you know yeah Um, and yeah like location energies I'm very susceptible to for sure and would you use like sage for cleaning out a building if you thought there was like bad energy there well I don't really do space clearings anymore unless it's a place that I'm going to be working in Mm -hmm. or a place that I'm living in but if it's like a hotel I'm passing through or something like that I don't do a clearing on it because I noticed that like that was actually draining my energy more than just being in the space kind of like holding my own energy Deborah, a lot of the listeners say that they work with people that like sort of like are energy vampires, like they make them feel drained. What's your best advice for dealing with people? Like how do you not let people in? You'll notice that like that energy vampire will always go after someone who is sort of like an energy Santa Claus, you know? sometimes like the the energy vampire like you know those that take energy but I think it's also important to be mindful that you're not like giving energy when your well has run dry you know Mm -hmm. like if someone you work with is draining maybe just don't spend time with that you know yeah like you don't you there's you're not required to give them your energy like that's a really important thing like I think sometimes we have to not be afraid to disappoint people mm-hmm. because like if you're giving like you know non-stop and you know like you're you're running on empty and you're just go like giving 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 it's like that's that's actually like just as bad as spending time with somebody who's an energy vampire like it's you might as well be an energy vampire yourself because you're you're vampiric to your own energy Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important to be mindful of like how much 
this is exactly how much this person can have of my energy, of my time, of like my words, of my space. And that's it. Like I'm done, you know, and you got to be mindful and notice like when you're with that person and you start to get a little bit tired or, or drained that you just, you move on. You set them boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Set the boundaries. And Another thing is like, if you work in a place that's quite energetically draining to just really stay in the power of love and like, stay, like stay grounded, like don't lose yourself in it. Like don't, don't become a product of your environment, you know, just because everyone else is like mopey and like, uh, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't mean that you then have to take that on and like become that as well. You can, you can keep your own energy for yourself. Deborah, what's your advice to someone who's working in a nine to five job, but has like a dream of just doing their own thing, but just doesn't know how to take the leap? Well, if you really know exactly what it is you want to do and you don't know how to take the leap, it's more just like a matter of courage, you know? It's like you, you have to be, you have to believe in what you want to do so much that you're willing to risk everything. So courage. And then I, but then I also think like make sure that you, it's like courage, but it's wise, you know, it's like not, you're not going to like leave yourself destitute. If you leave that nine to five job, you might have to change your lifestyle a lot. You might have to shift a lot of things, but you won't, you won't be destitute. Like I, when I was building up my career, I had so many side jobs, like waitressing, bartending, doing makeup for film and television, like, so, like so, so many different things. And they, I never really looked at them as jobs. It was just like ways to make money. Mm-hmm. My, my real like career and my calling was something that was building up very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. So I had to have those other jobs to not put the financial pressure on the dream until the dream started to be able to take care of itself. I think that's really valuable advice. Just know that it's temporary. It's just like a stepping stone to where you want to go. Yeah. It's just like part of it. Like I was um, hostessing at a bar and it was, it was awful and it was awful hours. And I remember like being there and being like, okay, this is all for a reason this is all for a reason like there's value in this too you know and Deborah, in hindsight looking back do you think you've learned lessons in each of them jobs you use today oh yeah I think definitely like you know I would say like the amount of people skills I acquired over that time and like relatability and things like that. It was very, very important. 
And I'm sure you're like very grateful now, even more so for being able to create, you know, for yourself compared to working for someone else. Oh, totally. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Deborah, do you read much? I try to, yeah. Yeah. What, What book do you gift the most to others? The book called The Gift by Hafiz, who is a Sufi poet. And the poetry in the book is just, it's so spot on and it's so beautiful. Deborah, what is your intention with this life? To be as big of a part of healing the world as I possibly can be. And if anyone wants to learn any more information about you, where is the best place to send them? You can visit me on Instagram at Mama Medicine. Thank you so much for listening to that podcast conversation. Your support really does make a difference. So if you would like to share this podcast with friends or family, that would be incredible. Or if you would like to rate and leave it a review on iTunes, that would be super, super helpful. If you have any recommendations on ways I can improve, just get in touch. I'm always happy to hear and I hope you have a lovely week.